Live and in color from the NBC News Radio Broadcasting Studios of KCAA, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM, located in beautiful Southern California and in parallel from the Turfs Up Radio Studio in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to the Water Zone Show this evening. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Water Zone. Thanks for tuning in to us. I'm Rob Starlong with Chris Davies, and we're very happy that you're listening in. And hope you're having nice weather. I know some of our friends on the East Coast says it's pretty cold. I talked to somebody in Minnesota yesterday, and they said it was a really beautiful 21-degree day. And uh, so that's a little chilly for me. But I guess they're used to it over there. And, and their favorite sport, uh, besides football, is ice fishing. And I, I don't know how they do it when they bring these little houses out on the on the lakes and sit there and they say they have a heater inside, so I always get a little worried if you're sitting in the middle of a river or a lake and it's frozen over and you have a heater in, what happens if it melts? You go down into the water, and that's not a great thing to do. So anyway, uh, that's the way it is. Uh, I got uh, Chris Davy is on the phone. We're, at, we're trying to get a hold of Miss Chris Austin is having difficulty uh, dialing in, and we're in a rush to get her uh, on, on the show. But just to let everybody know, uh, 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 Pretty soon here, we're going to have what's called an Irrigation Association show. That's going to be happening in San Antonio, Texas. And um, Chris and I are going to be there on the 18th and 19th. And we're going to be doing a live show from there. And we hope everybody tunes in and listens. We're going to be uh, bringing some new people on the show who have companies with new technology that they want to uh, ex- ex- bounce into the world with. And uh, we want to hear what they're going to say and the things that they're doing it. So we're excited about that. Uh, Chris, you have any more information on the IA show? I do. So just for our listeners, right? I mean, this is just a great opportunity for everybody. We're getting pretty close to it. The early bird sign-up period is over, but everyone can still go to the irrigationshow.org website. That's irrigationshow.org and sign up today, get your tickets and all that kind of stuff. Just a, just a great place to go two weeks away, San Antonio, Texas, November 27th through December 1st. Rob and I will be there, of course. We'll be doing a broadcast live from that show on uh, Thursday, the 28th of November, so that'll be exciting. Um, pop by and see us if you can. The, the show, the audience for that show is open. We have it in a big room, and every anybody and everybody is welcome to come in and uh, be, in, be in the audience for that show, right? Small small correction, we'll be there on air on the on the uh, 30th. I'm sorry, you're Thursday. right, 28th yeah. through the 1st. Yes, you're right. Yes. <laughs> so just so people know, uh, same, same, same bat time, same bat channel, and uh, the two duos will be there, and uh, we'll, we'll be having a great time. We've got some great interviews coming. Uh, Miss Natasha Rankin, who is the, uh, the head of the Irrigation Association, she'll, she'll be there. As well as I said, some new uh, new technology companies that will tell us about what they've got going, and that's pretty interesting. Uh, I happen to see Chris Austin on our video, but I don't know if she hears us yet. Yes, yes. I'm here. Oh, okay, yay! <laughs> so, huh, sorry, sorry, you had some difficulties uh, connecting with us, but uh, you you are on, and that's a good thing. Um, so, what's what's with you up in uh, Central California these days? Are you getting wet, nice weather? Oh, it's been very nice. It's fall, and and all the trees are turning, and it's quite spectacular uh, to have all the leaves. And and this is really one of the nice times up here. 
and we're all sort of looking towards the sky and wondering what the what the uh, winter will bring. Uh, will it be wet? Will it not? <laughs> atmospheric rivers are tending to come to your area next week. Is that true? Uh, well, we all we're all hoping that's true, but uh, you know the thing about those atmospheric rivers is they can veer and go in surprising directions sometimes. Uh, you know, we're pretty good at forecasting them, but we won't know for sure until we get a little bit closer. I think they're looking at Monday or Tuesday, and and so it's a bit far out. Sometimes it comes our way, sometimes it goes south, sometimes it goes up to the uh, Pacific Northwest, so... How desperate yeah. is your area in, in part of California? Is it extremely dry, or, or you're, you're you're now moderately moderately oh. conditioned? California is is actually 100 percent drought free. Like right. the little drought monitor that comes out, uh, the last one that came out just showed little bits of yellow at the far you know far southern end and far northern end. Um, and and that's it. Um, and and yellow is just means it's it's a touch dry. So yeah, we're um, you know so far we're completely drought free. Uh, we'll yeah, see yeah. what happens. You know we need to see what the winter will bring. And uh, you know it it will be the thing that in water we will talk about for the next several months. You know. Is it, yep. is it going to be wet? Is it dry? Is it too wet? Is it, you know, where is it going? How is it going to be? Uh, we're not really going to know until March what well, what it is. So, you know. Well, I'm glad the map is yellow with, with dryness, but I'm glad it's not yellow on the snow. So we'll be happy, <laughs> we'll be happy to do what it does. That's a good thing. Um, I, I know there's some... There's some city, uh, desert city, I guess, and they're they're desperate for water. What I hear, and they're they're hoping to build a pipeline to the California aqueduct. Yeah, yeah. This is down in Southern California. This is actually out in the uh, sort of uh, southeastern part of uh, California in the desert. The town is is uh, Ridgecrest, and it has a naval base out there. I think it's the China Lake uh, Naval Station, and they have a mining operation that's been around for a long time. I think they're they're pulling out borax or something in a little town called Trona, and, and this is all, like, really dry country. So they had this this uh, naval air station and have the town that sort of grew up around it and and actually you know it literally grew up around the fences like there are parts of the town where you drive by the road and there's the fence on one side and then there's homes and businesses and, and it's kind of sort of surrounds the fence lines of this of this naval station and uh, and that is a big driver to the to that uh, city's economy. And then around the corner, down the road, is the little town of Trona, and they ship some water out there so they can 
mine these minerals off this dry lake bed that's back there, and they've been doing this for, I guess, you know, 140 years. They've been mining in this little dry part. Uh, so I think that it, the town was doing pretty well as it, you know, seemed to be able to sustain itself. I used to drive up and down that road a lot, and, you know, Ridgecrest was just kind of off there in the distance. They had a little bit of agriculture, uh, growing uh, field crops for the livestock and the ranching that goes on in the area. Nothing big, nothing huge. And then about 10 years ago, uh, the pistachio trees came to town, uh, and they built uh, acre upon acre of pistachio trees around the perimeter of this town. And, uh, you know, they're watering those those trees with groundwater. And so along comes the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act, right? And so their basin was declared critical because they they pump out about 30,000 acre-feet and they get in about 7,200 acre-feet per year. So, you know, but, but uh, you know, 25, 30,000 out, 7250 in. Uh, There's big deficit there. And so wells have been drying up. And, uh, and they really have, uh, you know, no option uh, because there's just not enough water for everybody. <clears throat> so they're trying to get a pipe. They're trying to build a pipeline from, I guess, it will come from the Antelope Valley area. 50 miles in, um, they have a cost there of $200 million, but I think that sounds to me kind of cheap uh, for that. <coughs> isn't, that, isn't, that how, isn't that how most California bills start out? They tell you what they think it's going to be, and then when you vote for it and approve it, then a year down the road is like twice as much? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and there's a lot of things to, you know, to build this pipeline, and that two hundred million, if that's just the pipeline, I mean, then you 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 got to go find someone that's willing to sell you some water. Yeah. And you know, there are people, state water project contractors, willing to sell water, but they haven't even got that far yet. You know, we years ago we had I, I always joke about it a company called the Water Train, and I think well, we had yeah. them, I think we had them on the show like six or eight years ago. And I'm curious to get an update of what they've been doing because they, they they told us on the show back then that they were hauling water all across the country, and they were even put, they were they even put in a a, a, a rancher to RFQ for um, uh, what's that lake that dried up in California, Southern California, um, that has a real bad smell now. Um, I can't remember the name uh, of it. Just blank. Salt and sea. sea, yeah, 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 yeah. Salt huh. and sea, and they they put a proposal in that they could haul water and fill it up, but that would take. They had <laughs> well, they had they had at the time back then 132 rail tanker tr- uh, cars. So that that holds yeah. a lot. I mean, you wouldn't doubt one one whole train wouldn't fill it all up, but I mean, they'd have to make several trips. But I know they proposed that. Uh, yeah, right? I would I would think that would be like uh, 
they're going to haul all that water all that way and dump it in the salt sea just to have it evaporate off in the I yeah. mean that it's not it that's not really a solution and uh just the idea like the people up in the Great Lakes in, in that area and the people along the Mississippi River about um I think it was probably about a year ago, uh, someone in Palm Springs wrote a letter to the editor that just said, you know, and I think at that time the Mississippi was flooding and we were very dry, and so they, they just said, you know, yeah, we should we should get that water and bring it over here. And, <laughs> and uh, it really sparked, a, a, a round of these letters to the editors uh, about, uh, you know, with people from Mississippi, you know, weighing in saying, uh, yeah, you keep your hands off our water. I mean, they were not, did not like this idea. So I can't imagine that. Uh, I mean, they got to fill up that water train with water from somewhere and oh yeah you know we, we had great we had lake a, people don't want to be that place no 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 we had a, we had a, a guy running for state senate or or not state senate for uh uh congress in the, in the federal government is senator he was running for that uh during the elections we previously had and uh he didn't win he was a big developer and uh, he had a plan to put a the same thing, put the pipeline in, as you said, in Mississippi, but that, that didn't go too well, and he didn't win. So <laughs> yes, that, that, that idea got shot out the, out the door. I want to bring Chris Davey in because I know he's he's up to date on some of the things with uh, steelhead salmon and stuff that's coming back. And Chris, take it on. Well, I, I, want, to, I want to go back on the Trona story because, uh, Chris, Austin, I know you're, I'm, I'm sure you're well aware of this, of what really what uh, Trona is famous for do you know the trona pinnacles the trona pinnacles but there's there's something there's a company that made it living out of trona of uh, out of trona for many 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 years and it's the borax company oh yes yes yeah you remember you remember borax with the 20 mule team right they had those commercials with uh, yeah. uh with all that stuff oh yeah you remember yeah. that Rob? yes i do Remember so the commercials, Corona, right? And of course, yeah. And of course, they had you know their their uh, the Western Union uh, and Wells Fargo um, stage lines went through Trona, right? Trona, Corona, Pomona. Those were the three <laughs> top. <laughs> so it's a it's well, a famous yeah. place, actually. Well, yeah, and and the, its real claim to fame, though, is that the Trona Pinnacles were used as part of the a set for Star Wars. So you know, it was yeah. that's that's yep. the real claim to fame. <laughs> yeah, Trona. Uh, I've been to Trona. It's actually a uh, nice little town. It's kind of you know on the way back out there, a couple of gas stations and and a store or two, and a coffee shop and uh, a burger place, right? So, but uh, uh, I don't but even right. know if it has. If it has that these days, last time I was out there, which actually wasn't that long ago, um, uh, I don't think there was much of anything in town. They have a football team, at a little high school and a football team, and they play in the dirt. There's no grass there. Yeah. And visiting teams come to play football. They play in the dirt. 
So <laughs> hope, hope, yeah. hope, hope they don't come with your rains because it's going to be a little bit of muddy. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's when so, that's when football becomes fun when it gets a little bit uh, muddy. <laughs> hey Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, uh, Chris, because we talked a couple of weeks ago about you know that whole issue when we were talking about um, you know California yeah. adopting the making conservation a California way of life. So, oh, yeah, but you don't know you saw, but the IA uh, wrote a letter to um, California state legislator, let, late state legislators, um, actually with, uh, with a bunch of comments, you know, cautioning about, uh, uh, about doing that because the way that, that the current uh, requirements are set up, it's, um, it, to me, doesn't sound very conservation friendly actually i think it's it's not the opposite but uh i think they could do better i don't know if you saw that letter from from the irrigation association but uh it's posted on their web i'll be happy to send it to you if you haven't seen it yeah yeah um and and you know the big problem with those regulations is that uh some of the standards that they're aiming for you know it's there's big questions on whether it's achievable and the extent to be implementing right. all of this. And, you know, and then the other thing is that, you know, these agencies then have to convince consumers to take action to reduce their water use. And, you know, re- replacing your lawn with, with uh, you know, a low water uh, landscape is great, but that takes a lot of money. and. Most people can't do it, and it, it does, takes right? also, yeah, and it and it takes support so that they can maintain that because you just can't, you know, it's a different skill set than you know grass. I agree. Water one is of the mowing, first that jumped, know. Yeah, one of the first things that jumped out to me, Chris, was um, you know, hey, kids, this this is kind of not fair, right? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of communities in California that that have. Uh, the disadvantaged residents that just aren't going to be able to uh, to do this. So to say, hey, this is a blanket, this is a blanket requirement for the state of California, right? We have to, we the state needs to take into consideration um, all of the all of the people uh, and neighborhoods and economic um, segments of the state that are that are going to be affected by this. Yeah, and a lot of these. Uh, communities in especially in the Central Valley that are not particularly wealthy are not going to be able to switch over their landscaping so they're just going to have to turn it off which is going to make for some really barren uh, you know cities and you know the landscapes the trees and the grass and all that has a cooling uh, you know function for that city so it's not it's not just aesthetic, but it's also keeping the temperatures down, you know, cooling cooling the sidewalks, making the makes it more livable. There's a lot of stuff in that in that bill that uh, that's concerning. I mean, just just the way the state is looking at different areas, and and you know the state looks at makes assumptions about um, effective precipitation. I think is what they call it in the state's water budget. They just look at effective precipitation rate and, you know, that not not real time. They're not looking at real time data, you know, that smart irrigation controllers could uh, uh, could make it more effective. But again, 
you've got an economic factor there, right? There's lots of folks that just can't afford to go out buy and buy a whiz bang, you know, full feature smart smart controller, and they aren't going to do it. No, they, yeah, they have well, they haven't since they passed that in 2012. I mean, we're still, you know, we're supposed to be a mandated yeah. thing, and and there's no mandates to go buy them. I mean, oh, there may be. Yeah, you can walk into a Home Depot right now and buy a dumb clock. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. true. My my prediction is that they're probably going to have to really scale back what they're trying to do with that regulation. Because um, I just, I, I think there's some real issues about achievability and some real issues about cost. Yeah. You know, and what do we really gain for spending all that money? Well, you know, yeah, there's... No, go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. No, I was going to say, Rob, just a neat idea, right? Great, great little tagline and, you know, name for it, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm for all that, but man, there's there's a long way to go before that gets, uh, before that gains any ground, I think, my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Well, you also, we'll, we'll, sorry, we're stepping we'll on each other. We'll see what you know. they do. Yeah. Well, no, we'll what, see what, what I was, the state water board does, so. Well, you also have both the state and, and, and regional water boards, you know, they're facing lawsuits about the nitrate policies and you got the farmers and everybody else being affected by that. So that's another another thing that's going to be hard pressed to deal. I mean, it seems like everything they do, there's lawsuits on everything. Yeah. And the nitrate problem, especially on the central coast, I mean, it's just, it's a real issue and it's a legacy contaminant that the, you know, Modern day farming contributes to, but uh, but it's not the sole cause of the nitrate contamination. So, no. yeah, challenges. Well, you, you also have, I think, was it, there's a lawsuit, I think, about the toxic chemical runoff from tire makers, which are killing Yeah, a bunch oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, they're, you know, they're taking action now, trying to get this chemical out of out of tires and we'll see you know we'll see what happens uh, it's we're you know responsible for fish death you know when when the the rain hits the the roadway for the first time in the year they call that the first flush and it's when uh, you know a lot of fish die uh that are in you know near Dow Falls when the water comes in just all the chemicals off the the roadway flushes in and Caltrans is trying to uh, clean stuff up, but it's it's a challenge. Have have either of you in the last year or two years bought tires for your cars? Oh yeah. And and you know you go you go to a place and they give you an estimate for like eight hundred dollars and up for four tires. Yeah. I mean that's even even the golf carts that I got. They they want like. Uh, Fifteen hundred dollars for tires for four, four little tires. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and, and so, can you imagine if they they find something to to uh, take the toxic chemical stuff away from the tire makers? What what that's going to do? The price of that? How high that's going to get? Because you know they, they'll absorb whatever the cost is and just pass it on to the consumers, right? I mean, they're they're not going to reduce their profit. That's right. So yeah, and it's like. It's like it's like it's like the solar things. I keep seeing uh, advertising here and in Arizona and also in California how the government is 
is pushing forward with uh, solar and all this all this stuff and so you'll use less, less electricity and yeah and they want to convert all the all the utilities to that well it's just like water what happens when they reduce everybody has to reduce their water 25% guess who's not selling uh, who's losing 25% of their water sales so what do you think they're going to do they're going to raise the rates it's going to be the same thing with with all these new things that they're doing and, you know they have the, the quick answers for everything but then there's a long term effect that's going to hurt people in in their wallets and that's kind of a shame <laughs> I, I got everybody, I got everybody quiet on that I'm sorry it's you know but you got to think about stuff like that it's expensive well it's expensive go to McDonald's yeah yes it is I mean it's a, it's a trade-off like Okay, so you're going to pay more, or you don't pay more. Do you continue to pollute the environment? I mean, mm -hmm. we're we're going to we're going to confront this issue with PFAS. You know, they've they've had this report out now that PFAS is is it's everywhere. It's in your water. It's in every we use it. Anything nonstick, anything waterproof, it's made with these PFAS PFAS chemicals. They're all over the place. So they started these bans, and they said, okay, you can't use this material anymore. And some of these manufacturers are coming back and saying, we don't really have any alternative. Yep. So, okay, what are you going to do uh, about that? Are you going to con say, well, okay, can't do anything about it, so we're going to continue to allow this pollution to occur? Yeah. Or, or are we going to, you know... I, I don't know I don't know what the answer is, but I think we're going to be. We, I mean, microplastics. That's another that we haven't even begun to do anything about. You know, nope. and, and so you know, yeah. There's a it's a lot of tough questions coming down the line. Yep, that's true. Job security. Well, <laughs> yeah, you can look at it that way. Well, Chris, we're up to our time for our commercial break, and we wanted to thank you for joining us today. I'm sorry you had a little difficulties uh, getting into the show, but uh, we, you, whatever whatever you did, you did it right, and you got into it, so that was great. Because otherwise, Chris and I would be sitting here trying to trying to ramble on about nothing and <laughs> waiting for you to appear. <laughs> so we we appreciate that. But for our listeners, please go to Chris's. Uh, blog it's it's maidensnotebook.com become a subscriber every morning you can get all the latest in water news right to your pc your laptop your phone however you would like it delivered um also you can become a sponsor which is a great way uh, to help out and let me tell you this lady works more than 24 hours a day and i know that's hard to believe but she does and uh i don't know how she gets all the work done every week but she does i, I should say every week every day so uh She's an amazing woman, and uh, we're very proud to be associated with her. So, Chris, thank you very, very, very much, as always, for coming on. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Good evening, everyone. Have a great Good week, Chris. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a little break right now, a little break commercial right break. Now. We'll be back with our featured guests, so everybody stick around. It's going to be a, a great interview right. with a great person. And uh, we'll be back in just a few moments. KCAA Loma Linda. The Legacy KCAA 1050 AM and Express 106.5 FM. 
Moving up in this industry means getting the most out of each day, so you can focus on growing your business. With Site One, you're in control, and we're here to help. It starts with the right team. Our irrigation pros can help map out a complete, streamlined system that meet any requirements or regulation. And from the first dig to years after install, knowledgeable experts are available in branch, or resources are available online to help find solutions specific to your needs. Next, we make sure you have the right tools to get the job done with the largest selection of top brands in the industry, bringing the latest in Wi-Fi-enabled controllers, rotors, sprays, valves, and drip components. And because hard work should always be rewarded, you'll receive personalized pricing and earn loyalty points on qualifying purchases to help you grow. You're in control. Site One is here to help. Water is one of the biggest expenses for communities, HOAs, universities, golf courses, and resorts. So keeping those costs under control, especially when rates are increasing while water supplies are being reduced, are often essential to a customer's survival. Managing water requires multiple skills, which is why it's been complicated and difficult until now. AquaTrack brings multiple skills and technologies together to help large system users conserve outdoor water and improve the health of their landscapes. AquaTrack's professionals are certified landscape water managers and certified landscape irrigation auditors. The company offers audit services, upgrade advice, technical expertise, and water use monitoring. We already manage irrigation water for the largest homeowner associations in Arizona, and we're prepared to bring our knowledge and experience to help others, including landscapers and designers. Give us a call and hear how AquaTrack saved one HOA some 430 million gallons of water and $200,000 in annual water expenses. AquaTrack is Arizona-based, and you can reach us at 623-594-8689. That's 623-594-8689. Five nine four eight six eight nine. This is KCAA. Welcome back to the second half of the Water Zone radio show. Rob Starr, I think, uh, has uh, got knocked off the line here. So we're going to wait for Rob to get back on, as uh, some of you listeners may have encountered. We had some technical difficulties at the top of the show, and they still seem to be happening. But we're going we're gonna to plug through this. And while I wait for Rob to get on, I'm going to introduce our guest for the second half. Her name is Katie Walker. She is the Sustainability and Environmental Education uh, Manager for the City of Plano. So um, I know Rob's got a little more bio on Katie, and he'll share that as soon as he gets back on the line with us. But Katie, while we wait for Rob, welcome back. Uh, appreciate everybody st- sticking in for the second half. And Katie Walker, welcome to the Water Zone. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. You're so welcome. Uh-huh. I know Rob and I have been... So many times we've been to uh, the show in Las Vegas, the um, the EPA Water Sense show there, Innovations Water Innovation Show, and we've admire you up on the stage year after year, and uh, congratulate you on on what you guys have done. So, uh, Rob and I have been trying to get you on the show for a while, and we appreciate you coming on this time. And I think Rob's back. I'm going to let him say hi. Are you there, Rob? 
I'm back. I'm on the audio link now, so I can't get back onto our video link. Anyway, uh, Katie, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show. We do appreciate it. You know, I have to say, when, when you went up and got your award, everybody yelled, wow. And and you know what that means? I You're do. A woman of, <laughs> a wo- woman of water. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so we, we think that was pretty interesting and, and good. But real, real quick, just tell our listening audience that uh, we'll, we'll go into more detail about what you do, and, and uh, uh, just just so everybody uh, uh, knows it all, the uh, the the uh, Water Smart Innovation Show was a great show to be at, and uh, had a lot of fun, meet, meet a lot of people, learn a lot of things what, what one organization is doing with the other, and you you work for the uh, city of Plano, but you do a lot of the education stuff, and. Um, we wanted to know how did you get into the water industry? Was that a plan when that's you were a, born that that's how you were <laughs> headed to that, or what? What? How did you migrate to that? Well, maybe it was the universe's plan, but it certainly wasn't mine, at least consciously. So I went to college and eventually graduated with an environmental studies degree, with the anticipation of doing something in communications or education related to the environment. I love the outdoors. Uh, I grew up with a mom who loved gardening, and we traveled all over and saw some of the world's beautiful sights. And so uh, when I started out in college thinking I was more interested in the micro side of biology, I discovered really it's the macro side of biology that I loved and wanted to communicate with the world. So when I graduated with my environmental studies degree, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. But I did recall that I had an internship with the city of Plano's sustainability and environmental education division, which I greatly enjoyed. Um, And after a few years working at my alma mater, Austin College in Sherman, Texas, uh, I discovered that they had a full-time opening for the water education coordinator position, and the rest was history. Uh, Not knowing anything about water, but quickly becoming a a wow, (laughs) so to say. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you uh, decided to pick that career and uh... But a lot of people don't know something else about you. So I understand you're a recording artist. Well, I certainly would love to be more <laughs> of a recording artist. I guess a self-imposed recording artist of some really kind of cheesy musical parodies on water topics. <laughs> well, I, I think it's great marketing and advertising on your, your agency's uh uh, behalf uh, to come out and do some stuff. So we want we want to want to give you a chance to get national airplay on this. So I'm going to ask my engineer back at NBC Studios to uh, Eric. Can you go ahead and, and play uh, the first tune that I sent you? bed I felt it. I tried to stay cool, but it's so hot that I'm melting. The sun dried up the grass. Now I'm trying to make it last. Until the rain clouds rolling, I'll be keeping it the wettest. I'm tuning up my sprinklers so they're working their bestest. I reckon that you'd like to learn to run them and save some. So please don't let them run too long. Too Oh, 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 oh,
kind of inspired my leadership to come up with this new role that was geared towards my skills and my interests, and I will forever be grateful for that. Uh, well, so now in this, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I thought if that never happened. I would have let you come do our website for us, but uh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So, it's been a whirlwind of a year getting kind of used to the new role, and uh, we hired a new uh, water education specialist, so getting her on board, she's fabulous. But in the meantime, I've been able to really make our uh, social media channels kind of my own uh, and create the graphics and the, the content and really do the writing and things that a lot of my teammates just didn't enjoy. So it's been my pleasure to take all that uh, from them giving them more space to focus on the programs and projects that they're passionate about. That, that, that's awesome. Uh, you know, I'm glad your, your agency won the award again because you've won it more than once. And um, what's interesting to note is how effective you've been, your agency has been, uh, to the public, uh, the education for, for purpose, the, the outreach. I mean, I think that's so important to have because people – don't really know where to turn most of the time and they need they need they need to get information and they need, they, they need to hear it directly from the source not from newspapers or something else that people want to change the stories a little bit or exaggerate on and i think everything that you guys do uh is, is so unique uh that it certainly grabs the attention now you've done uh, if i'm correct well at least i've seen three of your video songs do you have any more than those three or those are the first three that you've done so I have two music videos. Uh, actually, well, I guess in a way there's three. One of them is an animated ad that features a spin on the uh, the old surf tune Wipeout to help educate folks on keeping whites out of pipes. So uh, technically, yes, there are three. And uh, an additional skill that you didn't know about me is that I am a longtime ice hockey player and coach. And so uh, one year I created a, a video about um, winter watering and not turning your streets and sidewalks into ice rinks, featuring me um, ice skating in the ice rink. Well, you can do that roller skating, too. Yeah. (laughs) My my grandson does that with roller skates. (laughs) And I'm not very good at roller skating anymore. I'm too old to roller skate. I look like a fool. I can't stand up. I fall down and... These little three-year-olds just whiz by me as I'm crawling to the edge of this edge of the wall of ground. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they so can at least didn't... help you get up. <laughs> no, they didn't. They just uh, they just uh, uh, skated by and laughed like everybody else did. So oh. it's, it's 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 you know if you don't do something for a long time, you think especially roller skating that you've got or even hockey. I've never I, I came from New Jersey and 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 the East Coast and uh, Southampton, Long Island. And I never ice skated in my life, ever. <laughs> to this oh, day, fascinating. I and the, the girl from Texas is ice skating the, the irony. <laughs> well, it's amazing. So what other, now you get, you've, you've gotten involved, your, your agency is pretty much with a lot of rebates that you offer your, your customers. And how, how has that been effective? Has, has it has done a lot to help reduce water in, in your area? It has, and since the program's inception in 2010, we've rebated over a million dollars in uh, utility credits to our customers, so it's been a great program. I think that in the future, we'll see some changes to it. I'm not really sure what those look like now, but uh, 
We do have a rain barrel and compost bin sale in addition to our rebate program each year, so that will continue. And I think our new water education specialist would like to uh, perhaps add additional items to the list. But, of course, uh, anything WaterSense labeled is, is at the top of our list as far as uh, eligible items. Yeah. Chris, I'll let you pop in with some questions. Yes. I'm not going to hog over yeah. everything. So. You bet, Katie. Are those are those rebates? I'm sure they are. They're they're indoor water use as well as outdoor water use, right? Yes, we have um, low flow toilets for our aging homes. So um, most of Plano was developed in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So those toilets are are getting a little older. Uh, so that's our big indoor use uh, rebate. But then we also have a traditional rain and freeze sensor. Uh, rebate where smart irrigation controllers that are water sense labeled will qualify as well. Is there is there anything like um, yeah, you know if, I know smart controllers are one thing, but like uh, rain freeze sensors, that sort of thing, uh, soil moisture sensing, is that also on the on the re- rebate list? Definitely a traditional rain and freeze sensor. Uh, we don't officially in writing have uh, something for a soil moisture sensor, but I think that it would probably qualify if someone wrote to us and said, this is the device I've chosen, would it count for the rebate? We'd likely say yes after doing some research and ensuring that it's proven to save water. Um, so I think at the end of the day, we're open to what sort of device you're using outdoors for water conservation, uh, as long as you tell us what it is, how you're using it. Even with smart controllers, we really want to talk to that end user before we assess the rebate to ensure that their smart controller is programmed adequately for their yard and for our region. How about yeah. turf? How about, oh, sorry, Rob, I was going to uh, no. follow on one more question if I can. What about turf reduction programs? Any of that exists in Texas? In California, it certainly does. And myself being one of those who have, who have taken the Metropolitan Water District up on their, uh, on their rebate. I have taken part of my turf and uh, replaced it with um, native plants. Is, uh, is that something happening in Texas? That's a great question. It's really not happening widely in Texas. And speaking for most of the authorities, at least in the North Texas region, um, in North Texas, we still advocate for some turf species that are native and as well adapted to our region, but not you know, full and complete turf, we really push for the rule of thirds. So that would mean a third turf, a third permeable hardscape, and a third native and adapted plant in an ideal world. Does that always happen in real life? Absolutely not. We, we see a ton of turf in Plano and North Texas. Um, as, as long as it's adequately cared for, maintained, watered, kept healthy, uh, turf can thrive. Uh, it does go dormant in the summer sometimes. We say let it go blonde uh, because of the heat and because of our drought, but we don't officially have turf reduction programs. Uh, that said, we certainly advocate for more and more native and adapted plants and um, supporting our pollinators. In fact, the city of Plano is working to become a uh, certified wildlife habitat community through the cool. National Wildlife Federation. Very cool. Uh, so that means, yeah, we want more and more yards that have more and more native and adapted plants as opposed to just uh, turf. So since you've been working on these programs, well, how would you characterize the progress that you've made? Would you, are, would you say that you've been able to, you know, change people's behavior in your, in your area? And, you know, can, I don't know if you can quantify it, but can you give it a try? 
Well, and that's quantifying it is certainly something that we're working towards. It's very hard to capture metrics uh, in this area as far as all areas of environmental education. So where I could tell you, for example, we had this many thousands of people engage in our programs last year, it's hard for me to say how many gallons were saved or, uh, you know, how many just other metrics like that. But we're trying to get to the point where we can capture other metrics like number of trees given away and amount of carbon dioxide sequestered as a result of that uh, through some of our tree giveaway programs. Uh, we can talk about the, the number of cars theoretically taken off the highway as a result of our food waste composting program. Uh, and we're getting to the point where we can start talking about gallons saved as a result of our outreach programs. But that's been a journey, and it's, it's a continuing journey. Uh, anecdotally, we have so many examples of people whose behaviors were changed, and our goal is to try to make those behavior change so easy for people to adopt, uh, giving them easy access to both the education and the tools they need to make those changes that do make a big difference sustainability-wise. How has your the state's legislation uh, helped water agencies? Have they, have they helped uh, give money for rebates and pro other additional programs and building places for groundwater uh, sustainability and things of like that? Do they, do they help out a lot, or is it a struggle? I, so I have to say, from my perspective, I probably wouldn't be the, the most well-versed in talking specifically about that because we purchase our treated surface water from the North Texas Municipal Water District, and it's been a long road, but they're actually in the process of opening up the first new reservoir in the state of Texas in over 30 years. It's called Bodark Lake, um, so that's coming online shortly. Um, so I know it's been a process to get a whole new water source online, but I do think that they have received state funding for that in part. But I will say that uh, Proposition 6, I believe, did just pass on election day, Tuesday, uh, which uh, grants the state to create the Texas Water Fund, which will be administered by the Texas Water Development Board to help finance a lot of those uh, water infrastructure programs in Texas. So I do know that voters turned out uh, to, to help uh, secure Texas' water future. We, we appreciate all you do and, and your agency, and uh, congratulations on getting that award. And congratulations. I hope uh, we'll have to check uh, Billboard and see where your song is tomorrow, if it uh, made the top 50 or top 10. We do appreciate that. And, and, and you, are, you are a very wonderful person. I'm glad I get, got to meet you in person. I know you for a little bit and appreciate it. Also, um, congratulations on your uh, new husband. <laughs> so, oh, thank, uh, you. thank you. Because I understand you recently uh, married and uh, do appreciate that. Anyway, thank you for being on the Water Zone Show. Anything you ever need from us, just give us a call. We'll be glad to help support you and your agency, whatever you're doing. So, Katie, thank you very much. Oh, Rob and Chris, it's been absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And best wishes. Have a great rest of your show. You too. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye, we have one minute left. And uh, Chris, thanks for joining. Sorry for all the technical issues that uh, both Chris and I had uh, trying to call back in and get connected. I don't know what's happening. I'll have to check it out with our IT group. So 
thanks again for joining. And uh, Chris and I want to wish everybody a nice weekend. And remember, the most important thing we tell you to do is please help keep our planet blue. Because if you like green, you can't have it without blue. So thank you, everybody. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. CAA Loma Linda. The Legacy KCAA 1050 AM and Express 106.5 FM. NBC News Radio. I'm Brian Shook. Israel will allow daily.